falling star last night. I wish I may, I wish I might. Wanna tell you I would die for you. Walk through the burning fire for you. You got me up against the wall, and I'm going crazy. Sound the alarm. Really excited for this episode today. I've been, been waiting a while to um, talk with Ronnie and Tiffany Notch. And we have the Notches here, Bryce and their three-year-old son as well. And uh, he did so good just hanging out and keeping quiet. And, uh, yeah, amazing kid. And, and I wanted to start this episode out with, you know, just a real energetic song. Just showing, we, we talk about the vibrational qualities of music and that energy. And that's something I definitely feel with this uh, Ben Sturgill tune, Sound the Alarm. So I wanted to start it out with that, and it's just, you know, good energy and uh, just kind of goes along with, um, you know, the energy that, that I feel we have in this conversation and that what, uh, you know, what these these great people are doing for the community. And it's, uh, once again, it comes up, you know, they mentioned planting seeds. So we talk about educating others, you know, teaching uh teaching a man to fish so that they, they can eat for life. And that's what they're doing. Um, you know, Ronnie is very much a mentor. He's been helping me with, uh, with some aspects of, of uh, the entertainment industry, looking at contracts, things like that. So uh, it's just great to help one another. And that's one thing that they're doing with, uh, with students in high schools, in uh, grade schools, the Girl Scouts, uh, I think maybe Boy Scouts. They're teaching lessons that relate to music, but really these notes are more than a musical note. It's these little notes on tips on things you can do as an entrepreneur and things you can do to, you know, kind of take the, um, you know, take things into your own hands, build up your own career, just be, you know, a solid person. And uh, you'll hear why he started it and, um, you know, how to... You're going to hear how he started it and how he and his wife, Tiff, um, joined together uh, when they met, and it was just a, a joint effort. I mean, just an amazing family, just an amazing partnership, and it's it's just really inspiring. When we talk about planting seeds and helping out other people and giving them giving them the tools that they need to navigate through life, through um, sometimes some of the uh, the roadblocks or uh, you know those speed bumps in life, uh, you know Dr. Mark Holland is somebody that shares that kind of knowledge, and uh, that's one thing we're we're going to have Dr. Mark Holland in here um, talking about you know different things. If you get into a car accident, how do you navigate that? If uh, you get hurt at work, how do you navigate that? Uh, just general health and wellness type tips. So he's going to cover the spectrum because there's a lot of things we don't know. And uh, when something happens where it becomes an emergency situation, there's that trauma. And we don't we don't always know how to deal with it. So hopefully that'll be a little tip to help um, help everyone kind of prepare and just have the knowledge or know that they have a resource that they can go to 
somebody that's going to guide them. Uh, he's located in uh, St. Louis, but has the internet presence. Take a look on the show site. I have the link. You can go to Conversations to Calcaterra, and uh, in that show description will be a link to uh, a lot of different things. So it's, it's a good resource. You can follow us on our Facebook page, Conversation with Calcaterra. You can follow me at kencalcaterra.com and uh, get that information. Reach out to me, email. Happy to help you guys out in any way that I may be able. Also want to uh, I'll give a shout out, as always, to Kevin Blumenkamp. And uh, with Notes for Life, they have a really cool logo. And I haven't quite looked at it or really visualized how this could look uh, in some kind of a metal f- uh, function, how this could look as a piece of artwork whether it be something to hang on the wall, whether it be part of another piece. I mean, that's one cool thing, you know, with your studio space to have that logo or maybe up at uh, Dale's Music, which, you know, we're going to talk about later in the show with Ronnie and Tiff and, uh, you know, what Dale's does for the community and the, and the great things that Greg Smith's doing. But, yeah, that may be another project. I'm always talking about these ideas with Kevin and, uh, yeah, need to uh, figure out, get some resources and put that together. But yeah, maybe a chance to do something for Notes for Life. And, you know, you can always do something as well with an idea you may have, whether it be for a wedding ring, whether it be for uh, a piece of furniture that, you know, has uh, elements of metal. He's uh, a master craftsman and, you know, he can do a lot of different things. So, um, you know, check him out on our page as well. And uh, you can connect with him and get uh, a one of a kind piece of jewelry or uh, some other piece of artwork. Great conversation today with the Notches, and it's just been a, a privilege to work with them, and you're going to get an idea of what they're doing with their Notes for Life program and how Microsoft has been helping them out. It's a great partnership that I've been really privileged to uh, have the opportunity to help out to help out and do my best to share some knowledge with um, these up-and-coming artists and these kids, help them find their way in life as an entrepreneur. And maybe at some point uh, we'll have an episode where we talk with some of the um, some of the uh, students who have gone through the Notes for Life program. Just a great group of students, you know, great group of high school kids looking to make an impression in the world. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll plant some seeds as well and we'll continue growing this great thing. And, you know, we're going to make the world, this country, uh, this city of St. Louis a better place. I'm proud to welcome Ronnie and Tiffany Notch and their amazing their amazing toddler, Bryson, to uh, the Conversations with Calcaterra family. I know you'll enjoy this episode, and uh, thank you all for your support. Here they are. The notches are in the house. <laughs> Exciting. Looking forward to this. I think they say something like that. Notches. I think that's... We need to trademark that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Copyright. You yeah, want to start? Sorry for your loss. <laughs> he did start with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Steelers. I'm not that big of a football fan, but I know you're a huge football fan. Man. And uh, it's got to be tough. Hey, you know what? Um, <laughs> we're used to it. <laughs> but we're also used to winning, you know, like the Broncos. So, um, you know, we we definitely will see what we do in the off season, And hopefully we'll be right back here this time next year. Hopefully. <laughs> and there you go. Give you something to look forward to. Well, Mark Sanchez, we know you guys won't, so <laughs> Tony Romo. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Well, football, we can always throw it in. But, yeah, we're here really to talk about music and notes for life and 
educating kids and just giving these experiences that really help people grow. What uh, Tell everybody that Notes for Life is something that's new. It's not a, a brand that everyone knows about yet, but it's something they're going to know about soon. It's really growing. Right. So um, 2014, uh, Tiffany, who's sitting to my right, my wife, and I um, looked back at where our relationship started and we met in a recording studio. Uh, me as a producer and her as a vocalist. And um, even then, in 2011, there were a lot of different situations that needed to um, present themselves in regards to publishing and intellectual property, things like that. Um, situations where the creatives were kept out of the dark, or kept in the dark, I'll say, um, as opposed to really shedding light on what is it mean to own your music and your content excuse me so um a few years later we sat down and there was a news segment on channel five about music education as it pertains to youth and that's something that i had first visited right before i met tiff uh back in 2009 but didn't really know how i wanted to go forward with it so tiff said what if you were to create a curriculum and we could sit down and figure out how to get it into colleges and therefore, so Tiff, myself, and Ira DeWitt um, started sharing ideas back and forth, emails, and what if we could really do this? And before we knew it, I think that was what, summer 2013, we started the um, audio recording certificate at UMSL. So students could take that and learn about the different components of music from audio engineering to music production to music uh, publishing. So this was like a certificate program or was it? Yep. Uh, okay. Yep, cool. It was an accredited. It was the first one in St. Louis. It was an, it was actually an accredited certificate program um, where, you know, you wanted to teach things that were could only be learned at full sale. You know, yeah, why yeah. not keep St. Louis and Missouri students in Missouri? That was our thinking. Um, but as an adjunct professor, we kind of learned that, um, we need to revisit this and maybe perhaps even teach it to a younger demographic. Yeah, which I agree with because I think, uh, you know, I like the idea of having these things in St. Louis and Missouri in in localities, which we'll get on how you've expanded. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also important really for people to travel. Certainly. So certainly. it's good to start them with this program at a younger age and then allow them when they go to a full sale or maybe another Notes for Life city. It's like mm-hmm. an exchange program type thing. Yep. Then they get that just different cultures. Yep. Because that's what recently, I, I think it was Jank uh, Uger from the Young Turks was just saying how... The way this country is set up, it's so rich in different cultures. Like every state is different. I mean, we're similar, but there's just so much to just traveling in the country to learn different things about who people are. And then, of course, traveling the world. So I think. No, definitely. And that was the thing. You know, we wanted to figure out how do we um, Then we first started thinking about the idea. Bryson wasn't even one yet. And thinking, what if he wanted to learn this at age six? What if he wanted to learn this at age eight? Is it just going to be mommy's and daddy's experiences yeah. or can we put something together as to where him and his peers, Bryson's homeschooled. So we had we couldn't just rely on it being in a school because if he's a homeschool child, he'll miss out. Yeah. Um. So we said, OK, well, let's figure out first how to do it for high school students mm-hmm. and then we'll go, you know, then we'll go backwards and we'll say, OK, eighth through fifth and then yeah. we'll do fourth through kindergarten. Cool. And notes for life. Uh, first day. October 7th, 2014, with six students in the St. Louis Gallery of Microsoft Store.
even what you mentioned homeschooling and even even with programs in schools a, a lot of times homeschooling aside now music programs are being cut arts programs are being cut tiff uh I mean, you guys, are you homeschooling together? How, how do you work the education for Bryson? Um, we homeschool Bryson together. Um, he really, there's, um, it's really, the schedule is really free to him um, for him to decide when he is interested in learning um, about his numbers, if it's spelling, reading, um, if he wants to do Spanish, or if he wants to work on writing, coloring, um, we just kind of, we set him up to make the decision. So we'll leave out a book or we'll leave out um, one of his workbooks and he'll walk up to it and say, hey, mommy, hey, daddy, I want to learn this today. And we're like, okay, <laughs> you know, and we'll just set aside Very the cool. time to really, um, it's really a Bryson-based um, <laughs> schedule. <laughs> so it's like when Bryson decides, you know, hey, um, we learned this yesterday. Maybe I want to pick up from what we learned yesterday uh-huh. and, you know, keep doing it today. But So, I mean, and this is one thing I, I don't, uh, some friends of mine homeschool, but I've never really asked these questions. So it's kind of interesting. And I think to the audience to know a little bit more about homeschooling. So you essentially have that curriculum or you have, okay, we need to do reading, Spanish, this and that. And it's kind of like, all right, pick what you want to do, check it off. And then, all right, now we'll come come back and do some math or whatever the other situation is. I know he's maybe a little too young for math at this point, or just started literally. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> and we actually incorporated math with food. Um, so if he wants a special snack, we'll have him count it out how many he has, mm-hmm. um, or we'll have him cool. group them together. So okay, <laughs> so you have that curriculum, and, and how does that homeschooling? Uh, curriculum or just that knowledge of homeschooling, how does that translate to uh, what you're doing with Notes for Life and how you set it up for with the high school kids and grade school kids and Girl Scouts that you're working with? Um, I would say, you know, we try to teach them what we, so you do your research and you look at what uh, students and social media and, and schools, what are they learning or what do they want to learn? And then you, um, what we've done is give them the lessons and create lessons around what they've already shown interest in. So that way you can meet them where they are and then you expand and show them the different uh, details of it. So you may have a student that wants to be a recording artist, but they know nothing about signal processing Mm -hmm. or ins and outs and analog to digital. So you give them what they want, but then show them what they need as well Mm -hmm. too and incorporate that into the lesson. I think that's, reminiscent of homeschooling because you're not opening a book and saying we're going to learn pages 1 through 18 today and Mm -hmm. you're going to have homework over 19 and 20 and then we'll come back tomorrow this is more so excuse me taking the lessons uh, well making lessons out of what they've already shown interest in and being able to keep their interest because we're teaching what it is that is of importance to them which I think I'm sorry is something that's missing in education Uh, A lot of times teachers are not teaching. Teachers are teaching from a standpoint of what they think Mm -hmm. of as important. And it may be dated. You know, there's no personal attachment between student and lesson. If everything is just teacher, 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 give me, give me, give me. Yeah. There are some schools we've been in where they don't have teachers. They have guides and the guide they're, they're referred to as guides and the guides just focus in on what the students are already showing interest in. Uh huh. And I think some some lessons that you need to have, but I know my nephew's always telling me I'm bored at school. And so then I think of with 
this experience is helping you guys out mm-hmm. and how like okay how could that be different or what is something that is going to reach him so where he's not bored and he's learning and maybe so yeah i don't know and when mm-hmm. you know there's only so many options that mm-hmm. you have unless you know unless you're taking the bull by the horns <laughs> and 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 doing it and and educating yourselves to know you know what right. it is that you need to pass on and that's one of the reasons with you know why i started helping out with notes is because I want my niece and nephew as well to have that experience to a, a program where they're interacting with other kids, where they're learning how to communicate and express themselves. So, I mean, that's cool. You, you know, you guys started it out of, of Dale's music or, and are, that's, that's a component and that's where my nephew takes drum lessons. So right, right. Yeah. You know, I just think it's important. So to give back a little bit and, and hopefully that one day they'll be able to take advantage of the program and, and learn some things. So what? Uh, so in the music industry, so this revolves around music. Why? What is your background in music that made you want to? You talked about artists owning content and knowing how to control that content and how to how to take charge of their own career. What is your own background, and what are maybe some situations that, or some stories that that have culminated to to bring you to this direction, this part of the journey? Hmm. Well. Um... This won't be a three-part miniseries, so I'll make it short. <laughs> um, so uh, the quick story is I was 13 when I became a DJ and got my first job at the age, I was almost 14, at a skating rink. And that's back when we were carrying our own records yeah. into the skating rink and there was no Serato or tractor. Um, got to the point where, well, at while DJing, I did land a job with a recording label and I kind of... They didn't ask about my age, and I didn't tell them. You know, there was no Twitter and MySpace, all that stuff back yeah, then. Yeah, I got you. Um, and that was doing promotions for Priority Records, which had No Limit Records at the time. And I started seeing that there's more to music than just in front of the camera and in front of the microphone. And I got to the point where I got tired of being a DJ, and I wanted to be a music producer. Um, at the age of 19, then, I traded my turntables for a Roland MC 505 beat machine. And I never looked back. You know, it was one of those things where um, I have much more fun creating mm-hmm. and not having, because even when you're DJing, unless you're playing your own music, you're still limited because you can only play what has been created. If you are producing, you can create anything. Mm-hmm. And um, became a music producer, landed a couple of recording contracts with majors. Um, but in that I didn't know publishing. So I would hear records on the radio, like some number one records, some number three records, and I wasn't receiving anything. Oh, so your records you were hearing on the radio, like, whoa, okay, cool. But wait a second. Yep. And, um, you know, a lot of people just recently watched, I guess, the new edition miniseries this past week. And all of those things are true. You know, if you don't know your contracts, if you don't read your contracts, if a little bit of money up front, you know, to a broke college kid, $1,300 a week is not bad at all. Mm-hmm. But to a broke college kid who could be receiving $3,800 a week, you know, if you knew your contract a little bit more, it would translate a lot differently. So didn't know publishing and people are ready and willing to be out there to take advantage of what you don't know. Um, so that burned me in the industry and I got tired of it and said the next time around, not only will I know better because I took two years off and just studied publishing mm-hmm. next time around, I'm going to actually form a recording company where we not only embrace being a creative, but we more so embrace being a, an educated creative. 
And fortunately, at the same time that I had that thinking is when I met Tiff. Very cool. And did you have similar stories, Tiff? Uh, similar experiences where, hey, there's my music on the radio and uh, I'm not getting paid for it. So I um, actually, I quite <laughs> didn't quite make it there, um, but I had heard stories and my mom actually, um, she experienced a few of those things mm -hmm. um, as she traveled um, professionally um, singing. So she kind of, I don't want to say discouraged, but she wasn't fully supportive when I told her, hey, mom, I think I want to be an artist, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, because she saw the good, bad and the ugly from it, um, along with my father. So um, I knew about it. I hadn't experienced that personally. Um, and then I met Ronnie and he told me about it. So I'm like, OK, <laughs> nice. this is a serious issue. Yeah, so. no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think the cool thing, the way I look at it with and it's my own interpretation. So, you know, take it how how it is but what i like about the program is you're teaching these things and it, and it doesn't necessarily have to pertain if somebody's gonna get a career in music because contracts deal memos just communicating is so important so just looking at at the video world somebody gets into that or somebody even mowing somebody's lawn if mm -hmm. that's a lawn care service it's just i think it's good to have everything spelled out and, and i've always been bad about that because i always thought oh if i get too much into this then yeah it's going to freak people out and sometimes it does um because it's not the easiest thing but but in the long run you know it's the best thing because then everybody knows what's going on and if there's something that looks wrong in the initial stages of that contract then you have the time to say oh no no we work this way or we want to do this so i think it's great that a lot of the skills you're teaching translate to other areas in life and entrepreneurship and is that one way that you've looked at it to allow people to or allow these students to be entrepreneurs in whichever, you know, direction they want, want to go? That is um, that's even like on our website, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, we understand that not every student that engages is going to enter into a career that's in the music industry. But we hope that they take those same lessons. Yeah, we, cool. You know, we think of notes for life, not like the music notes, like many people would assume. But it's more so like little post-it, little little stickies. Yeah that you can put into your mind and, oh, I learned this in class and I learned how to work with others. I may not like someone, but we got the job done. These are the life lessons that no matter where you go, you'll be able to take with you. That's great. And that's how I, you know, early on when I shot some video and just mm -hmm. wanted to help help Greg out because um, I knew he was really passionate about the program, that mm -hmm. it was kind of like, yeah, notes when I talked to you and picked mm -hmm. that up. And that's another thing I want to, you know, Greg, have him as a sponsor this month and and Dale's is just such a cool place. I love, you know, my nephew has a great time there. And I know Greg is just super passionate about music. And sometimes I just get to the point where if I'm just saying it, that you may not pick it up. But what do you guys have to say about Greg and, and the cool things <laughs> that he does for the community? Um, let you go first, because <laughs> mine is different. Um, Greg is amazing. Um, his passion definitely shows through the many years that he's um, owned Dells. And you see that through the children that continue to come and take lessons or they hang around after hours. You know, not too many um, youth like to just hang around after they've taken a lesson, mm -hmm. you know, of any sort. Um, but he's very knowledgeable and he's a great person. You just love his spirit. Um, Everything he does with the community is a reflection of his heart. Yep. And it's beautiful. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and me, mine is different. Um, 
mine is um I was 13 when I met Greg. So I that, you know, so if you think back to when I told you I was 13 and became a DJ, to be a DJ, you may have turntables but you need speakers. You need someone to be able to hear what you're doing. And there were rental shops all over St. Louis, but none would take a chance on a 13-year-old kid running <laughs> equipment. But Greg did. And he told us to come in. He met my mom, met me. And I literally rented from Dale's every other weekend until I was 19 years old. So Greg got a chance to see me grow, and I got a chance to really know who he is. And once Notes for Life started, and it's really just by um, alignment that we were able to reconnect, but I said, you have to be part of this because you're the reason as to why I was even anything in music. You know, without you seeing the need to invest in me early on, who knows if I'd even be around to invest in the next generation. So being at Dale's, it is empowering youth and it really helps us, but it really is the, you can see the manifestation of what happens when you plant seeds, trees grow. Mm -hmm. And that's what this has happened with Greg and Dale. So I think the world of him, he's family. That's cool. And so we yeah, anybody listening, Dale's music lessons, not just for kids, but also, I mean, I, I read a story where they had a 65 year old woman that retired and wanted to learn violin. So she rented a violin from Dale's and, and started lessons there. So yeah, you could rent instruments, rent equipment, they fix your guitars. There's, there's just a lot of opportunities. So, you know, I won't give the numbers or anything now because it's hard when people are listening in their car or whatnot, but just go to the show page at some point or just Google Dale's Music St. Louis and he'll pop up. He's on Facebook. I'll connect everything with the show page. So definitely check him out and show him some love. And uh, yeah, so getting back. So when I first met you, you had a, a summer camp program at, uh, at Dale's. And explain the summer camp program and how that may differ from the signature program that you have going on right now. So the summer camp program, um, it was in direct response to the music and fine arts education uh, being cut, the funding for those programs being cut in Hazelwood. And Hazelwood wanted to do something to not only rectify um, music education being cut for those students, but also possibly give them a superior alternative. So the board, myself, and a few other administrators sat down and said, what can we do first? So the idea was a summer camp. And as soon as we said summer camp, and I thought about Hazelwood, Tiff said, why don't you have it at Dale's? Nice. And said, that's the the most genius thing I could, I, I, I couldn't have thought of it apparently, so Tiff did. And um, yeah, something of being outside of, of school, you may mm-hmm. enjoy, enjoy the uh, program, you may enjoy the creation, but you're still kind of at school. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have that alternative. And the good part is that, you know, there are so many talented instructors that reside at Dale's and, you know, that, you know, are available there that it just made sense for us to do that. Um, yeah. So it just and, made sense. Yeah. <laughs> and we have Bryson here and he's been doing so good. He's chilling out, listening to us talk. And now he needs a little help with the, with the phone. But Bryson, you're such a good kid. You're doing good, buddy. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, okay, so you're in the space of Dale's. You have yep. the summer camp. How, how long does the summer camp program go? It was six weeks. Six weeks. Okay, so cool. We're, we're thinking about doing another one this nice. summer. And that's one thing Greg had told me. It's like some, and in this day and age, you know, things, times can be tough. And, and one thing is good to keep kids occupied during the summer because even the best kids, like you had told me, like Idle Minds, 
you know, can create issues. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and then just, you had some sponsors that came in, provided lunches. So I know that helped the family. Is it something you set up, Tiff, or how did that, that come about? So we used um, the sponsors that provided food for the um, campers this past summer. They were um, small businesses uh-huh. in the community. And we told them what was going on, who we were servicing, and they all really jumped on board in any way they could help. Um, now, well, then, now, and in the future, they um, volunteered. So it was it was a really great experience. And it also um, provided the students with the knowledge of the businesses that were in their community that support them. Mm-hmm. So they were, um, they really all enjoyed it. It was beneficial on um, all ends, so... That's cool. I mean, do you, you can go ahead and give a shout out to some of those sponsors if you if you'd like. Okay, so um, Peroni's Pizzeria in Florissant, um, they, I believe, have the best pizza um, recipe, um, at least homemade. Mm-hmm. That is a home business. Um, they've been in business for quite some years, providing a lot of um, support in the community. Um, we also worked with. Yeah, I'm kind of Rice a R- Roberto's guy myself. Yeah. I don't know if you guys had Roberto's. I yeah. grew up on that, but I'm going to try Peroni's. Yeah, they have a, re- a really great recipe um, for like flatbread oh, pizza, cool. I want to say. Um, it's very unique. Yeah, um, yeah we, who, who else was helping you out? We also worked with Rice House. Um, we worked with, I believe, um, Papa John's. We worked with Chipotle. Um Quite a few others. Okay, so you had a good mix of some national sponsors and some local sponsors. That's fantastic. Yeah, and they all um, they all are a part of the healthy um, food campaign that was going on for um, the youth. So that really worked well too. Yeah, I love Chipotle. Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. That's good stuff. Is Papa John's part of that too? I mean, I haven't really focused They are on... now because they can offer a gluten-free pizza. Okay, gotcha. Yep, and they uh, pay attention to kosher and dietary needs now. So. Okay, cool. So just looking how, how everything's expanding in the world as people are becoming more aware mm-hmm. and these companies are, are fitting that, you know, filling those needs. Um, okay, so you had the program at Dale's. You had these great sponsors, six weeks. Uh, good kids from, you know, I'm working with them now, helping you out. A lot of the same same kids in the signature program, and it's they seem all, you know, nice, respectful, very attentive. You know, kids nonetheless having fun, so it's, but uh, I think the program's a great thing for them. Now, looking at, so once again, we're looking at music, and the music industry has really changed, so like some of the opportunities that were in the past may not be there. Right. But which is good. The program is something that provides more. What were uh, you know? What are you looking at as far as a change in the music industry? Are there still opportunities out there for for some of these guys to to make their mark, make a living? Um, certainly. Uh, I'll take personal experience, and um, I tell every new artist this. Um, they'll say, "Well, why did you get into music, and how do you still do music?" And it wasn't until after everything happened with not knowing publishing that I made a decision. If I want to, if I if I, if I ever want to make music um, and make a living off of it, how can you make music without depending on people to buy your music? Yeah, and that's what led me to go into sync licensing and uh, placements in movies and TV shows and trailers, things like that. I would suggest um, any young creative, any young artist right now, 
being able to really uh, that has the access to that has Internet. Learn about publishing. Learn how much do you own when you create a song by yourself and how much do you own when you collaborate on a song with someone else? Um, How do we and, you know, how do you market your music properly? You don't need a recording label anymore. You know, you don't need a. Oh, I'll say you don't need a major label. A major label just cuts out a lot of the work that you're going to have to do yourself anyway, um, eventually. So just learn how to do the work now and you can keep more money at the end. Yeah. Um, but there still are plenty of opportunities. Yeah. I, I have a, I have friends that are in a band in Philadelphia and they are independent Yet they tour all over the country. And what what's the name of that group? Uh, Cold Roses. Oh, I listen. Yeah, yep. you suggested them. I their music's re- yeah, really got that crunchy. Yep. Just really, just great live sound. Just really, just energetic. Yeah, yep. cool. And they're they're so polished, but they're one of the ones you know we don't need a major. So yeah, and and really looking at you know this day and age of the music industry, you know uh, a lot of companies don't want to develop <clears throat> artists. So really, you have to develop yourself to get to that level for anybody to look at you. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you can decide, do I want to keep doing it on my own or do I want to partner partner with these guys? And then if you do, with what you're teaching them, they have the skills and knowledge to look at that or at least get a lawyer to look at something. Mm-hmm. Because I think often it's, you know, that that's a deal where somebody looks at a contract, thinks it's all good, but there's all this legalese in there that we can't interpret. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and then it yeah, puts them in a bad position. What, uh, you know, who are some of your biggest, you, both of you, your your biggest musical influences that got you interested in music and wanted you to, to create, you know, inspired you to create? Um, let's see. I don't think there are any um, specific artists or groups or even genres that really... Um, that really got me interested in music. It's just something about the sound because I could um, listen to just an instrumental, um, be it classical, or I could listen to vocals by, um, you have you know a great like Whitney Houston and you just listen to um, her voice. And then you have um, someone going back like, um, many of the rock groups, um, I think they influenced me a lot, which is um, I'm more of a ballads girl, I think I can say. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So our movie collection, yep. Yeah, and musicals definitely. Um, I guess I could really um, say musicals are what got me interested in music. Mm-hmm. Like any particular musical that stands out? They're like, wow, that's, I want to do something like that. <laughs> so my favorite musical is The Sound of Music. Um <laughs> It's one of my favorites. Julie Andrews is just amazing. Um, I'm laughing because when I first met Ronnie, I had him sit down and watch it. I'm like, you, you've got to watch this amazing movie, not knowing it's like a four-hour-long musical, you yeah, know? Yeah, no doubt. So, and what about um, you, Ronnie? Who'd you, who'd you grow up listening to or who, even recently, who influences you? Um, believe it or not, I was a huge Luther Vandross fan. So I remember being in the car with my mom and listening to uh, that kind of music. Mm-hmm. Um, when I turned 11, I asked my mom and said, well, how does Luther write all his music? And she said, well, he doesn't. So I had to start realizing, I mean, re- uh, even then researching, like, you know, there's no really internet back then, but Burt Bacharach and looking into liner notes of CDs 
who are the writers? And that's really when I first got interested in knowing who's behind um, the camera and who's responsible for making certain things in music besides the artist. And that's really, and that, that's why I like either an album or CD. I was never really a big album guy. But, uh, yeah, I just like having those notes in there because, I mean, you can look all that up on the Internet, but mm-hmm. something about you know, having it in my hands right there when I'm listening, you know, that's uh, maybe a little bit of an old-school approach, but I, I dig that. Um, and looking at, you know, one thing I look at, and I kind of jumped ahead at one point, but looking at having a program for, for students, keeping them involved, is just we look at St. Louis and, you know, we a lot of press on how, just a lot of crime and things of that nature. And I think it's great what you're doing to, to give the students a place to go because even the best kids can get caught up in those kind of things. So, I mean, I applaud you for having that. What, uh, you, you know, one thing I read, uh, we met, we've, you know, we've been learning a lot just organically about each other. So I looked up um, one thing in on the internet to see what kind of press was out there, you know, what I could dig up, but Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, all good, of course. <laughs> maybe some kind of active activism in its own right but it's more of an educational thing but you went from being an activist during the time of Ferguson to really looking at how how you can help educate and and keep these things from from happening what what do you feel when we're looking at crime and and things like that and problems in a, in a city or in a community how a program like this can help and and how important education is Regards to uh, Ferguson, um, in terms of education, it was more so of um, if you ignore the fire, the fire grows larger. And it was important for us to be active, but to be responsible. So our role, um, you know, you don't need three quarterbacks on the field at the same time. So if that meant it's hot outside, let's make sure there's water for people. That's what we're going to do. So Mm -hmm. fill up the truck with water. Um, The way that you show your example don't just give water to protesters. Officers are out there too, and they're hot and they're sweaty. Water should be for everybody. So sometimes we saw in that situation, you can be, you can educate um, just by being kind-hearted and just by being attentive that as different as we all think we are, we share many of the same, not just beliefs, but necessities. People need to, people need to eat, people need to sleep, people need to hydrate themselves. So start there to show common interest. Um, and it's general kindness and, mm-hmm. you know, showing that uh, this country's so polarized. So yep. that's kind of like, all right, here we are in the middle. You need this. We need this. Let's here's a common place where mm-hmm. we can all start. That's great. Yep. And then, I mean, it created some cool moments because you had police officers going to the same coolers that protesters were going to. So you have these moments on TV where everything looks really tense yeah. and not to say that things weren't, but... You have other moments where you have an officer and a protester saying, man, I'm thankful for this cold water or, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, do you live around here? And just normal conversation that would have happened if one didn't have a sign and one didn't have on a uniform. So I think that dynamic- water cooler talk at its finest. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> water cooler talk will always be better than locker room talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, you know, but from that, um, because it, Ferguson, and, and not to even go too deep on it, but um, me and Tiff had decided that in May we were going to do this Notes for Life program. We started our recording company, which was King of Twelve Recordings, in July 
of 2014. And then everyone knows in August is when uh, Mike Brown was killed, uh, August 9th to be exact. So we were faced with a dilemma. What's more important? Do you be a citizen or do you be a business person? And we completely abandoned our curriculum development at that time and uh, the planning for this program, which we had just announced on the 14th, on the 12th of July, that it was going to be in the Microsoft stores in October uh-huh. um, in order to do what we felt was right, to be an example to him one day. Uh, you have to put the needs of others before yourself. And it wasn't until we did the interview with Chris King with The American that we realized that by proceeding with Notes for Life, we actually are still putting the needs of others before ourselves. So we moved from a more of an active role within Ferguson to an active role with development of Notes for Life. And from that, we had students in the Ferguson Florissant School District as students. So there was a walkout and they would come to class telling us about how they walked out of high school and why they walked out. You know, so um, it was a learning, a learning experience for all of us, not just the students, mm-hmm. not just the protesters, not just police, but I think everybody if you really step back, had a chance to really learn from what happened. And you're right. We can't we can't just ignore things. You can't run away from things because eventually that's just, you know, that comes back to bite you. And I think we're at that point now, mm-hmm. you know, from something that started back, you know, way back in, like 60s is, you know, was a big time of this. And then, you know, even before that, mm-hmm. you know, we had a lot and people just... <laughs> People ignored it. People just walked away from it and thought, okay, this will, if if we're out of this situation, it'll just, you know, we don't know. We'll bury our head in the sand and it won't be an issue when really it's still an issue. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, without going too far, I definitely compliment you on what you've done and the positive aspect and the positive focus that's really, I think, helping to solve the problem or helping to cure, you know, slowly. So that's, I mean, that's fantastic. And you don't really hear those kind of stories in the media because the media is more so, you know, oh, we want the drama. We want to see, you know, the, the, that's the ratings, the, the gas or, you <laughs> know, we want to see a guy p- protester picking up a gas canister and throwing it, which <laughs> yep. is, I mean, which the portrait of that moment, that's, uh, I mean, the post, it's I had David Carson talking about it. Yeah. So that's there, but. Also, if we don't focus on the water cooler talks, yeah, I didn't see pictures. You <laughs> yes. saw some pictures, but something like that is like, okay, here we are, here's this, but here's where we can be. So mm-hmm. I think it's important. And that's uh, one thing, talking about how music reflects or reflects on what's going on in society. In the 60s, you know, a lot of the music really kind of reflected upon that, mirrored that, and I think it was more hopeful where now sometimes, I mean, it's my personal opinion, I think sometimes when you listen to too much negative music, even if it is a story of your community, I don't know, I think that can sometimes bring you down and keep, oh, yeah. you, keep you stuck. Yeah, we, um, <laughs> we deal with that. We deal with that quite a bit because, you know, one of my best friends is um, uh, the program director at, you know, one of the large, well, the, the number one radio station here in St. Louis. And we've had that talk before, you know, is when does music stop being entertainment and can start being poisonous and you have to think about some of the you know if you are in a situation where everything around you looks bleak and then you're consistently fed a message that doesn't have the best outcome um you can really be a 
a source of negativity to that same community that you want to um, do well for. And I think sometimes that has to be looked at. We do. So how do you fight that? You don't fight the radio station the way that we've done it is you you put those same lessons into your curriculum, into Notes for Life, teach students, hey, at the end of the day, all these students want to make money. They really at this point, they still want to be famous. Show them what has made the most money in regards to music in a calendar year, the types of songs that are really placed and everywhere. If you turn on football next week, you're going to hear probably eight of the top 10 songs on the radio. What are those top 10 songs? What is the message being delivered? How do they sound? And then students, as you've seen, you know, you know, one of the things that's really important, having great instructors. So you've seen this and being able to say, hey, these students can pick up. We don't have to just force it down their throats. They'll get it eventually. And I think that's how they implement and that's how they retain that, because if they can learn it and see it for themselves, they'll apply it into their own creative process. Mm-hmm. And it's just exposing them to those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And hey, listen to this. Uh you know, giving that something they may not have heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites is MC Yogi. So good, <laughs> you know, just really positive music, good vibes, a lot of, you know, stories, like mm-hmm. more one of the stories of Gandhi and what oh. was going on then. But just the vibrations of the music, the frequency of the music is one that it brings you up. Even though he may be talking about something that is negative, it's just, it's something that, that those vibrations, and, you know, there's studies on how music affects water and we're, Yep. So water based or energy based. So yeah, I mean that's a whole whole big subject. But but uh, um, that's where we. So so can we segue real quick? So that's, yeah, of course. So that's the part of the college <laughs> curriculum that we're developing mm-hmm. right now. Cool. The vibration and frequency of music. Right it's on, more man. than just dynamics yeah, and yeah. compression. Yeah. So you know, so I, I think Tiff, I think Ken just said that he'll be an instructor for the college level. He just, awesome. I think I heard that right, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'll help out. I'll step up. <laughs> I don't have. I, I mean, I know the vibe of it. I, I need to. Uh, I need to increase my vocabulary in music. It's something I never. I've always appreciated. I've never played. I'm trying to maybe learn bass right now. Mm-hmm. Looking into that. Just looking at. Just having that vocabulary. So yeah, I'll have to I'll have to work on that and continue to educate myself. So that'll be fun. <laughs> but but looking at so education. So you come into it, you you know, you know do your things with the community, which is amazing, and then you get back into Notes for Life. And at this point, Microsoft was already on board? Yes. N- uh, not like now. Um, so Microsoft offers a community space, the, the theater space, in many of their stores. And many of their stores has a community development specialist. And at the time, Trina Claggett was the community development specialist at the St. Louis Microsoft store. And when she heard about our idea to rent a building in U-City to have Notes for Life, she said, well, why don't you just save the money and have the classes here? We said, we can do that. She said, yep. And then four months later, we had a chance to travel to Minneapolis. And the director for citizenship and public affairs um, said, we need this program everywhere. And we said, absolutely not. There's no way. <laughs> but give us <laughs> give us your top markets and we'll try to make it work. So, um that's how it started. Microsoft has a great, 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 great um, um, sense of community. And I think that the evidence of that is seeing the CEO, Satya, um, just yesterday or two days ago, talking about how important it is to recognize and appreciate and value immigrants, um, you know, as to not exclude them, but to always represent the values of Microsoft, which is um, inclusion. So... 
Very cool. And what did you think? So when, when that opportunity presented itself, Tiff, to work with this big company, what were you, what was your thoughts at that time? Um, initially, overwhelming excitement. Um, I can say those were the two largest emotions that came to surface um, when they talked about every market. Um, our mission is every student everywhere um, to provide um, quality music mm-hmm. education to every student everywhere. And when they talked about every market, we're like, okay, great. This fits in great with our mission. However, manpower and, you know, mm-hmm. um, having boots on the ground to do that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was overwhelming. So, yeah. um, definitely exciting and excited um, for the partnership with them um, and just being able to be involved with the community and have everyone. Um, I, I can say the synergy has been amazing. The alignment couldn't have been greater. Um, and it's just been a great experience and opportunity to work together for the kids, really. Yeah. And so at that, and this has been what a three, the partnership's been going on for about three years now. Is that yep. correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Almost. Yes. Uh, yeah, in October. October. Yeah. In October, it'll be three years. Okay. And, and that's an interesting thing now with this program and other things Microsoft's doing, because a lot of times, you know, everybody has looked at Microsoft more as, okay, that's, that's what you get when you work at a business and you're, you're an accountant and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Apple is cool. Microsoft is, is not cool. And, uh, at that time, I mean, they were, doing a lot of things to transition and to really rebrand themselves. What, uh, you know, I think you had said in one article that I saw, it was like, well, I use Apple products, but you know, here I am, I'll take this opportunity. What do you look at now as far as Microsoft? Really? I think it's transitioned to be the new cool and they're doing some revolutionary things. How how has that worked with your program as well? Um, I think, so the cool thing about with notes for life as it relates to, uh, I would say the rebranding of Microsoft. In 2002, everybody made the switch to Apple because you could create, you had these cool computers, um, it was more reliable, and you couldn't get hacked, was what everyone said. Yeah. So now, um, being here, it's like the perfect time because as Microsoft is you know, fully immersed in rebranding itself and even the devices, you, you've seen the Surface Pro 4s. Yeah, it's and pretty the Surface amazing. Books. I haven't used it but <laughs> that, that much, yeah. but yeah, they're pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, they're sleek. Design, yeah. You know, they don't look like, you know, the old boxy laptops that we, you know, comp- the compacts and things yeah. like that that we grew up using. Um, I, it's cool because we can see how much that they really want to be that place where this next generation of creatives can feel comfortable. They want to be... They want to provide those products that have limitless capabilities. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to develop something, here are the tools to do it. And there are things that, you know, I still have a MacBook Pro at home. I have my iPhone right here. My MacBook Pro doesn't have to get used as much anymore because I can be twice as effective using my Surface Pro. Or as Tiff will tell you, she has a Surface Book. Not everyone is able to have one, but Tiff has a Surface Book. <laughs> And she's able to do things that are amazing, you know, touchscreen capability. And this isn't a, a commercial, but, you know, just the touchscreen capabilities, mm-hmm. the reliability, um, you know, the functionality. When you compare a Surface Pro 4 to an iPad, you can't. So the fact that our students get a chance to really be hands on with this equipment is making the world of difference so nice and i always i was one that i never got into apple because I, I think a lot of my friends were 
Mac snobs and this <laughs> and that. It's like, if you don't have this, you can't do it. And so me being stubborn and uh, maybe a little bit of a rebel or being independent, it's like, oh, I'll show you. I'll use this and do great work. And so... Yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's kind of no, yeah, no, it's, that's, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. That was at all. my path, but uh, so very cool. So Microsoft doing great things, helping you guys out. You're really expanding. So yeah, that's that's really exciting to see. And then um, you know, I saw that in another article that you were creating some technology with Microsoft. Was this for Notes for Life? Was this for for music creation? Is that still happening? So short answer would be yes. Okay, um, and you don't have to go into anything if it's top secret. No, 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 no. It's that was part. Of, he's talking, I think, about the 2014 article, but um, it deals more so with just um, working with one of the tech evangelists and really seeing. Okay, well, can Microsoft create a digital digital audio workstation the same way that Apple created Logic Pro X? Gotcha. One that's Microsoft only. Um, again, I will say the really cool thing about the the CEO. Um, is that it? He looks at it more so from a software uh, standpoint than just really a hardware. It doesn't matter what hardware you're using at this point, as long as you can understand and appreciate the Microsoft software. I have my iPhone, but I still have all of my Office apps, so I can still work as efficiently yeah. as I need to. And the same thing would apply, I believe, to any music software. You want to make sure that if you're creating, you're creating on the, you're creating on a great platform but with quality software that does not limit you. That, so you have this software. Are you still creating music or mainly focusing on teaching right now and, and developing young minds? Oh, <laughs> Tiff's laughing. Um, she's laughing because we're, we're really, you know, we have uh, our, our baby girl Hendrix is on the way in April, and we're really debating on what to do with this. We have an additional bedroom upstairs. Does it become a hideaway when your kids act too crazy where the <laughs> mom and daddy can run away? Or does it become a recording studio in the house that we've always thought about? Um, so, again, a roundabout answer. I opened up my computer probably three days a week and plug my keyboards up and load all my files. Mm -hmm. And then I say, you know what? I don't feel like doing it. Yeah. Music is one of those things you have to be, I believe. You have to be inspired mm -hmm. in Agreed. order to create. Agreed. And right now, my inspiration, and I can probably speak for Tiff too, is coming from seeing these students have excitement. I mean, I'm sure you see it. You see it on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. These students are excited to be there. They're excited to create. And that's where my inspiration is coming from right now. It's just not so much so creating music to be in a TV show or radio or anything like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, in helping them, they create something or somebody you can kind of take the reins in that regard as a mm -hmm. consultant or, mm -hmm. you know, somebody that a bit of a matchmaker. Mm -hmm. So very nice. And then looking at. So yeah, real quick, I want to get to a couple sponsors, and that's one thing that that you have been helping me with, giving me some mentorship and looking at. So I'm, I'm trying to help various friends, but mm -hmm. uh, primarily I've been working with a buddy of mine named Ben Sturgill, which I'd like to. Mm kind of get involved with notes for life in in some aspect because i think he's one of the, he's definitely i know he's one of those people that wants to use his his art his gift to put out that positive vibe and you know make the world a better place and mm -hmm. you know put out music that that does that's very mindful and that's creating a higher awareness so bensturgill.com i know you've i've shared some music with you very talented yeah it's an amazing guy and uh just trying to 
you know, I guess have a better understanding of manipulating those waters of mm-hmm. the business and being an artist and, and trying to do that. But yeah, bensturgill.com. Hopefully we'll find a He's way. He's in to, Nashville, isn't he? He's in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, um, I guess I could tell you now <laughs> we're, uh, you know, we have the event in Nashville. On yeah. March the one, 4th. yeah, so, you yeah, mentioned so, that's March yeah, 4th now. Cool. Yep, so, you know, maybe we can figure out how to get him involved with that as well too. Cause I know you'll be there for it. So definitely. And great. So, uh, yeah. And that's one thing which I've been, uh, these past few episodes, I think the handful, I can't even keep track anymore, but, uh, yeah, playing some of his music. So I'll have to figure out what I'm going to, what I'm going to put in there to start and end it with. So very cool. Yeah. Thanks for all your help with that. And, you know, it's helping him do his thing. Uh, but looking at, you know, back to the program. So now you have this corporate partner. So you're working with them. And a lot of times people have the impression that, oh, hey, this guy's working with Microsoft, which is an awesome thing. And they're giving you a lot of resources. But still, you're very much of a grassroots organization. You have volunteers. You know, I try to help out, um, you know, Ted Thornton, who's a great guy that I've had the privilege to meet and hang out with is helping out. You have a lot of other people throughout the country and the is it eight cities or ten cities um eight cities for the signature program and 12 cities overall okay cool so yeah you're definitely growing um but looking at that how is it uh that you know what are some things you're doing from that grassroots effort to keep this going and um so this would be tiff because this is a this is perfect (laughs) well this is i say that because she's the national programs coordinator so nice um, so thank you. <laughs> so we have um, our 501c3 nonprofit, which is the Notes for Life Arts and Technology Scholarship Foundation. And we actually created that to assist and aid the students in um, their transition from the Notes for Life program along with high school um, if they choose to go to college or university or if they choose to. Um, create their own business, be it in music or dealing with technology or um, if they want to purchase equipment or, you know, purchase their LLC, etc. Basically, they are eligible um, in the signature program to apply for that scholarship and they can use the funds um, in any of those areas. And so we do reach out and accept donors and sponsorships through that. Um, All of the donations are tax deductible. (laughs) I always have to add that in. Um, And it's just a really, a really great cause for the kids. Um, We have one student, um, Allison, you know, um, Allison Worth, and she will be attending Columbia um, in the fall, right? Mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. So she'll be attending Columbia and she started off as a Notes for Life student. Um, She's now an instructor. She's um, volunteered a lot with Notes for Life and um, Notes for Life was actually one of the reasons she was admitted into Columbia College. So there are a lot of great benefits um, with the students being a part of the program. However, we like to always make it beneficial to all parties involved. And um, there's nothing like supporting them, not only in Notes for Life, but in their next chapter as well. So That's fantastic. And I know one thing <laughs> recently you had uh, the fundraising event. Was it for the scholarship with the, the Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah, I thought, yes. we were never, I, thought we were, I thought we were never going to talk about that again. Oh, so. we're talking about it because it's, it's colorful. It's colorful. So of course, we have you have that fundraiser, and it's one of those one of those things where this corporate sponsor, when Wild Wings donates a percentage of sales to the program, which is cool. So yeah, of course, 
get as many people as there as you can. And it's just a good time and this and that. So we raised a little money, which is great. Right. Mm-hmm. Our scholarship program. And then, of course, we, uh, <laughs> uh, and I think I was the instigator, but you were the champion. <laughs> as you we were s- equal. We were equal. You started out where I kind of just threw out a joke like, oh, we'll get to try a blazing wing after we had a little bit of the sauce. And then you actually did. And then I felt compelled to, to do it as well. But uh, tried to. wasn't going to order any wings until you ordered the, the <laughs> snack pack. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was great. <laughs> so, yeah, that I'll have to put a link to that crazy video and, and how I was just sweating like crazy. And just it was... And it was fun. Maybe a little embarrassing, but uh, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> Me and Ken became brothers that night. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if you can eat those wings, you know, you're stuck with each other for life. So yeah, those shared experiences is what uh, you know those memorable things in life. So that's something I'll never forget. <laughs> but looking at that, so grassroots. What, what kind of other fundraisers or things? Um, where can they go? Your website to donate? Right. So on our website, there is a uh, there's a donate tab, um, and even when you read about the scholarship foundation and see what the mission is, uh, there's an, a link to be able to donate as well too. We do have physical mail address and maybe I'll give that information to you in case you want to post it in case some people, you know, some people do prefer still to mail a check to you, of course, um, yeah. to the organization. And we, we gladly accept that too. Um, but um, in terms of fundraising, so school district of Philadelphia is one of the school districts we're in and working with Frank Makos, um, on different ideas for fundraising. How do we generate enough funds to be able to bring the program to as many schools in Philadelphia? Same thing with Los Angeles Unified School District. Same thing with uh, independent school districts down in the Dallas and Arlington area. Um, be it partnering with restaurants, be it partnering uh, with the schools themselves to do fundraising events where we showcase students. Um, also working now with Dan Marshall from Marshall Wireless. And being able to really come up with a solid game plan on the best way to fundraise because, and I guess this is kind of touching on what you're saying, you know, as we mentioned, we'll be three years old in October. Mm-hmm. In three years, we've managed to now impact uh, right under 250,000 students. So when you look at those numbers, it looks like, oh, these guys have been around for 10 years. False. But people have that perception as you said when they see microsoft attached to it so many of these things we're still learning as we go the thing is you don't have the time to take off to say i'm going to learn this and let me come back in a little bit because the the train is moving full steam ahead so we do have a great team like mary and ramel and trina uh charlie internal of microsoft a great publicist with jane um jane higgins and then a lot of it deals with Ken, Ted, Tiffany, Greg, Dan, and myself. And, you know, uh, uh, then the instructors we do have in the other cities as well, too. So it's really more so um, we, we move cautiously as to not make any mistakes that cannot be fixed. But, you know, everything is OK. Like this is what, 14 hours a day we're working on this roughly. So um, fundraising deals with that as well, too, because you have to you have to put yourself in situations that make the best sense and make it so we're always as inclusive as we should be. Mm-hmm. And what is and, and you've touched upon this, but what is the most fulfilling thing to you about? Because it's not easy to keep up 14 hour days and to do things. And when it's like, all right, I'm not you know generating enough money at times to live and feed the family. I mean, you, you talked about educating the kids, but. 
I mean, what is, just in your words, what's the biggest thing about this that, that this means to both of you? Um, I say the number one thing that is gratifying. I've done a lot of things when it came to music. You know, music producer, you have to put yourself first. That at many times conflicted with really who I am. So I didn't yield the best results because I was being unnatural to who I really am and who I really strive to be. This is the first thing that I've really ever been engaged with that I've had, you know, involvement with creating that not only is it working, it feels like that sense of gratification is there just because it exists, because we can see the students that are benefiting from it. And I think that's the one thing that keeps us moving forward. Um, no matter where the student is in any part of the country, I know every student that has enrolled because I personally go through and create the welcome message that's personally addressed to them. So being able to have still, and I hope that's something that we can always still do, but um, that's where the gratification comes from. When you get an email from a mom in Minneapolis, Minnesota that says, thank you for this. Or um, a dad in Los Angeles that says, this is really a good program. Thank you. You know, I think that's where the gratification comes from. You know, you're doing something that's worth that's worth it. It's worth no sleep. It's worth um, putting your own money into it. So yeah, when you're passionate about your work, it's uh, something where it doesn't seem like it's work. So then it's part of the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. you, you feel the same, Tiff? Definitely. Um Going back a little to um, Ronnie making the statement, um, it's all about planting seeds. And when you plant those seeds, you know, you don't, um, when you plant those seeds, you get the chance to watch the tree grow or the fruit that comes from those seeds um, through the students and where they go. And it's exciting just to see their passion yeah you know, live on through our passion. And What'd you say? it <laughs> That's okay, keep going. Oh, okay. I know you Bryson, you've done so good, buddy. <laughs> We're almost done, pal. <laughs> but you um we are allowed the opportunity to watch those trees grow and knowing that they will later plant seeds of their own, you know, that all came from the universal language mm -hmm. which is music. And it's just it's exciting it's heartwarming knowing that what you're doing is not a compromise to yourself but it's also um allowing growth to happen not just on you know the youth um that participate not on their end but on our end as well because we are able to not only keep up with what's going on you know as we age but um we're also able to learn from them and learning in itself is gratifying <laughs> so yeah that's great and it's great to see that you guys i know ronnie is really excited to do something from st louis which isn't seen as a hotbed for music or you know right now uh the tech and everything else is starting <laughs> to catch on and people are seeing that there's a lot of innovation in this city but it's it's really cool to see uh you being a, you guys being a champion of that as well so that's that's pretty amazing. And planting seeds, it seems like the last, I don't know, a, a handful of, of these podcasts, people have been talking about that. So it seems to be like a regular theme that I'm not always bringing up. So that's really cool.
Last thing, and, and then looking at that, how does, and then I want to hear from Bryson as well, mm-hmm. so he can say a little something to close us out. But I know you guys are into meditation and visualization. How important, and we'll end on this, how important is that to your vision for Notes for Life or any endeavor that your students might be partaking in? Really simple. If you can't see it, if you can't see it in your mind, you'll never see it with your eyes. If you can see it in your mind, you will only you'll see it in your you'll see it with your eyes immediately. And I give the students the example of, you know, that there's a start line and you know that there's a finish line. All the stuff in the middle doesn't really matter. If your goal is to always get to the finish line, that's the only thing that can happen. No matter what obstacles you face, no matter what things come in your way, that finish line isn't moving. It's waiting for you. So I wake up every morning now. um, I meditate with incense. And that really comes from Tiff because um, through marriage, I've learned the importance of spirituality more so than anything else. but without Christianity, I probably wouldn't be where I am now because I was raised in a Christian church and a uh-huh. Christian home. Um, and we look at it in terms of in your life, or at least this one, you have different phases of learning that you need to go through. So um, everything complements the other in your sequence, in your order of life. So being able to focus in and meditate, know what it is that you want telling yourself you know when you talk to yourself you know that voice is powerful people say oh you're just you know you if you if you were to close your mouth and close your eyes and still say you know i really want some water that is a voice you know it's not just you being crazy that's a voice in your mind and that voice in your mind is going to make sure that you go get that water well apply that to your life i really want this to work you know I really want to make an impact. I want to help others. I want my family to be comfortable. If you're able to say those things without saying it, your mind has to make sure that it controls the world around you to be able to make those things come to fruition. So, um, but yeah, we do the things we meditate. We, we believe in charging our crystals and stones. We believe in alignment. We believe in all of these things. And Tiff would be better at closing this out than me. (laughs) Um, I will say that with meditation, it allows you time to tune out the world and really feed your subconscious, which um, is responsible for everything that you do in your conscious. Um, We believe in therapy, which comes from, you know, your mental therapy, but you also have to touch the other senses as well. What we taste leaves a lasting effect on us. What we smell. So like Ronnie said, with incense and um, different, um, the Palo Santo wood, um, you know, those smells actually, um, they're no different than the vibrations and frequencies that we um, react to through music. So it's like in the spiritual world you um kind of feed your soul through those practices um allowing 
those things such as incense or, you know, meditating, it allows you to clear your mind for the next task or even just the next second or the next minute, you know, whatever it is that you have to um, really go out there and just tackle. And really be present in that moment. So then that creation. Yeah, definitely. Well, very cool. I know little man here is has been so good for this hour. But uh, Bryson, do you want to say anything to close it out? What do you feel about what your mom and dad have been doing? Should have caught you at the beginning. <laughs> you just want crackers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want a banana? Okay. So that's how you feel. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, buddy. And thanks, Ronnie and Tiffany. No, thank it you, was, Yeah, thank so good you. having you here. It was great to know more about, learn more about you and just share this this moment of this conversation and real quick if we can say thank you so much for being who you are um because what you do is amazing the the number one thing that everyone talks about is you know capturing real emotion and i know with the video you did at summer camp that's something that could never be recreated so we thank you for capturing that moment with the mom and with the instructors and with the students because that that tells our story better than we can. You know, it's real raw emotion and it's honest. And that's what we really want the integrity of notes for life to always be honest, transparent and helpful. So thank you for being who you are because, you know, um, couldn't be more happy that we met and really consider you a great friend. So thank you so much. Thank you. Likewise. All right, guys. Well, happy to put this out and uh, we'll keep this, see where this journey takes us it's been it's a been a, an amazing ride thus far <laughs> thank you thank you ken sound the alarm